of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello, and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about hawks. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is Jason. We can't tell you who we are or where we live. Uh, today, <laughs> I don't know, that's like, that's like low-hanging fruit intro. Uh, today we are discussing book number three, The Encounter, which is a Tobias book. Uh, what did you guys think? First thoughts? Um, Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I, I liked it a lot better than the second one. Same! Um, <laughs> I, I love um, Rachel Tobias. You know, that's my ship. You know, there will be something <laughs> with that. But um, also, I can't tell you my last name or where we live. <laughs> you know, love it. Um, oh Marco still sucks. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. He's even worse in this book. Seriously. <laughs> no, I... I, he's he doesn't call anyone a skank in this book, but I feel like I have some notes later about like that we can talk about afterwards. Just like the general dynamic between Marco and Tobias was interesting to me. I'm um, just gonna say it's either they are like gonna end up in love with each other, or Marco's a Republican. Ah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I this book really made me want to go camping and go fishing like a lot. Oh. I, maybe it's quarantine, but I was like, I want to go camping and start a fire in a cave. I want to go get chased down by Hork Bajur in the <laughs> woods and have a lovely <laughs> stroll. That's I mean, at this point, wants. I've been in my apartment for so long that I'm fine with being chased by Hork Bajur if that's what it takes. <laughs> Morgan's gonna be like, outside. I'm gonna morph into a wolf, and Morgan's and gonna yeah. be like, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, I have the, ignore my hair, but I have the, <laughs> I have the covers for you. So the thing about Tobias on this cover is he looks almost exactly like his counterpart in the TV show, like the haircut's the same. Okay, but he's not blonde. blonde. My problem yes, is- thank you. Yeah. He's not blonde. Uh, he looks like Jake. I thought it when I was like shelving these books, he just was Jake, you know, on this cover too. Well, I didn't know who Jake was, but just looked like the, the same kid. The yeah. new one is like a little bit of blonde, like blonde tips. It's kind of hard to see on this, like the holographic. It doesn't one, look blonde. He looks like yeah, it's like a li- it's like blonde tips because it's it's his hair is described as dirty blonde. So well, I think that's acceptable. Well, frosted tips is very nineties. In sync, Backstreet Boys, <laughs> Guy Fieri. Let's go for that. Yeah. But like, it's his wild blonde hair. It's how he describes himself. This the the cover is not, I think, accurate. Um, uh-uh. Those those are totally nineties denim jeans, though. Ugly, yeah, denim ugly, jacket. Ill-fitting. Oh it's yeah, that denim bad, jacket, totally. Short... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always, I don't know if this is problematic. Maybe it was because of the actor in the Animorphs TV show. I always pictured Tobias as like Native American, like part Native American. I don't know why. Maybe it was, I mean, I was a child, so maybe that was why I thought of him that way. But He could and be. And also because I mean... they're so diverse. Yeah, we don't know his, you know, family background except that, you know, his parents died. Um and his aunt and uncle know, don't want to take care of him. Don't want him. But I mean he could be yeah. blonde. There are blonde Native Americans, you know, it happens. True. Yeah. Um, you know, some some tribes, you know, happen to look very um white ish. Yeah. I don't know where I got that impression from, but you know, it's better than the well, I guess his his actor is one of the better actors in the T V show from what I recall. 
but also they're not good. Morgan's building diversity in her head since she was a child. This <laughs> is, you know, what we want to see. This is where it all starts, kids. Um, when it wasn't the um, actor was in the TV show, I heard he was the same guy that was then... Um, Are you thinking about Iceman? Yeah, in X-Men. He was oh, Jake. Bobby. He was Jake. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Okay, so we are totally going to do, like, after the books, we're going to do a uh, episode watch, right? Oh, yeah. I was thinking we could sprinkle those in, too. Like, whenever we want a break, maybe, as a palate cleanser after some particularly <laughs> heavy shit. That's great. Uh, book 21, anybody? All right. Uh, because we might need some breaks. So we'll we'll let you guys know when we decide to do that or play the video game. If I can get an emulator working, I would definitely stream the shit out of that stupid platformer. Was that on PS1? Yeah. There was one for PS1 and one for PC. Oh. Okay. okay. But I, I only played the PlayStation 1 one. The PS, I mean, PS emulator is not too hard. Like, it's pretty easy. To yeah, yeah, see. yeah. I think I might still have it. I don't know where it is. Um, but anyway... Um, Jason, you want to get us started on the plot? Yes, I will start it up. Um, just want to say everybody too. um, you know, a great soundtrack, I think to listen to in the nineties themes is the Digimon movie soundtrack. Yeah. Um, get just out. Get out. Just, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> my husband and I have like this, um, not real, uh, not like an actual rivalry, but I'm always like, Digimon just ripped up Pokemon and it's worse in every way. Like, no, Digimon, Digimon is like. I know, I know, I know. I, it's well, it's no, more we're, to annoy we, him. We, Don't we, can tell him. <laughs> we can cut this out, but I'm going to go into this for a hot second because I <laughs> love both franchises. But, I'm just um... going to cut it. Like when you're like. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, um. I always thought of, because I love both, still play both, been watchable since they first came out. I always thought of Digimon as more, for game-wise, as more like of, more of a classic RP, like turn-based RPG. Give you things like Final Fantasy, especially where, yeah, or Dragon Quest, you've got like your, your, your party line and, you know, you go against like a row of monsters. And, you know, I felt it was more in turn with that, where like Pokemon was a lot more simplified and a lot more generally one-on-one. And, uh, and Digimon was, you know, more, more sort of elevated but then for the tv shows and the lore it's like digimon i always thought was a little bit more adult because you're like um one like definitely references people dying like half of everybody's parents are divorced like it just felt like a little bit more like older and relatable and just like the storylines are yeah. a little darker so i was always like okay this is just a little dark because like it's usually like the digimon world or the human world is going to literally end and someone's trying to take care of it and like abusing children or abusing animals like like actually more instead of instead of just doing that and pretending like it's a normal part of the world which is what pokemon does yeah and they all (laughs) want to do it and everything so that's that's just my thing but like i like them both they're both different they're great um it is i feel like they definitely sometimes you can see cases where they inspire each other um but digimon is at least great because every (laughs) digimon's name ends in mon and like pokemon (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine uh there's like over 800 pokemon now and every single one of them has to end in mon jason (laughs) yeah that would be (laughs) a nightmare a lot i mean digimon's getting there too there's a there's hundreds of digimon (laughs) um Okay, if anybody else anyway, wants okay. to come for Digimon, I will <laughs> get us started on this. I'll kick us off here. Um, so, chapter one. So, um, obviously, this is Tobias's uh, first book. He interests himself. Classic line. He won't tell you his name or his last name, where he lives. 
you know, protecting their identity. They're all very cool and secret and edgy. Um, he uses the word dweeb, which is adorable. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's he's basically describing himself as a human, um, you know, blonde, wild hair. And then he describes himself as a hawk. And he's just having trouble remembering himself as a human and feeling human. Um, you know, really sets the tone for what the whole book is about is just his struggle with being in a hawk because if you remember from the past books as after the first one he was in his hawk morph for too long when they raided the the yerk lair under the school and now he's a hawk forever you know yeah it's interesting how in this book you can see the progression of him being like i'm a human i'm tobias i'm a human i'm tobias and then towards the end he's like i'm both so we get some character development of him coming to terms with Mm -hmm. being who he is which I can imagine how relatable that was at the time for that's why a lot of like trans people who read this as kids really, really resonated with Tobias. So anyway, yeah, we love representation and icons and people we can relate to. So Tobias is flying. He sees a big red and white sign that says Dylan Dan Hawks used cars. I probably butchered <laughs> the, the flow of that, the cadence. But yeah, the guy's name is Dan Hawk. Okay. And so he has a hawk <laughs> for a mascot for his like shitty used car lot. Yeah. Now this was interesting because every time I read this, just for the first couple chapters, I kept thinking in my head two things. Um, Doug Dimodome. I kept saying it like <laughs> sort of Doug Dimodome, like Dylan Dan Hawks, but also um, <laughs> Dirty Dan from SpongeBob. I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it has big I'm Nickelodeon Dylan vibes. Dan. Yeah. No, I'm Dylan Dan. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that was just what was going on in my head for this first couple chapters. <laughs> Um, but so he, he sees this big sign. There is a commercial being filmed and he also, Tobias also sees a hawk in a cage and it's a female hawk, red tail hawk. Um, like him, he says that, you know, Dylan Dan Hawk is, um, holding the, the hawk prisoner. Um, she's the mascot. Um, Tobias is, you know, not keen on this. It's really the only time in this episode you really see him being animal rights activist. But yeah, so yeah. <laughs> he's he 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 notices with this great hawk vision the combination, and so obviously we you know okay he's going to be a little Ocean's Eleven here. But so Dylan Dan Hawks is doing a um, live commercial, so great. And then Tobias is going to mess up this commercial hard. He um, flies down and he basically gets onto the cage. People sort of scare away from first and they're coming at to, you know, hit him with wrenches and try to get him away. He, because he's a human hawk, is opening the cage with a combination that he spied on earlier. And right as basically the humans are sort of really going to start getting on Tobias, Rachel comes and uh, is in her uh, elephant morph and starts crushing cars, which, you know, if you've ever paid for your own car, that kind of, you know, hurts a little bit. If you're well, they're not car. they're not customers cars. They're his cars. So I have no sympathy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was my car, if it was my business. But yeah, he should not be keeping a, a hawk like that in his in the tiny little cage. I'm not definitely not supporting Dirty Dan. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, okay, Rachel's whole thing with an elephant smashing around in the um, the car dealership. How is that not breaking news? Like, where did the elephant come from? Where did it escape from? Okay, and where did it go? How is that not the headlines in this <laughs> yeah. town for the whole I, fucking several I, weeks? 
Yeah, I also kind of feel bad for the zoo because it seems like that might be the only places animals come they from. They keep like, coming and they're just like, there's like their reputation right just goes down. Right? Damn like, it, why do we keep having these wild animals escape? And they're back in their exactly. cages. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, the, the zoo footage. denies the fact that all of the animals keep escaping, but why do we keep having these wild animal attacks? <laughs> it's exactly. zoo conspiracy, please. <laughs> Big zoo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay here. This I'm like these are things that are like somebody's gonna lose something, you know, because of this. And like, and why, if you have an elephant, okay, I know here in a second they escape, but if an elephant smashing around and escapes and then she goes off and morphs back into human girl, why did she not fall in the fucking elephant off the property? I mean, like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so they stomp the cars, he frees the hawk, and she goes to a scraggly patch of trees. Yeah! That's basically just between the car dealership and, like, a convenience store. And it's like, but I can imagine there's a convenience store for my hometown that had trees right behind it. Yeah. And in California, there's not going to be, like, dense woods. At least, probably not. I mean, if you have, like, a cosmo, like, eucalyptus trees, but... Not anywhere near the ocean are you going to have, like, dense foliage. Like, that's probably just, like, four eucalyptus trees. Like... (laughs) You're not going to hide behind those as an elephant and just turn back into a girl and walk out and be like, oh, man, where did elephant It's like an from? elephant behind a tree and it's just one little trunk hiding and his butt sticking out. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you can't see me. Super cute. <laughs> exactly like that. Adorable. <laughs> Somebody make that art. Anyway. Uh, okay. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, no, go it's ahead. fine. So that's basically it. Like, she, they go to scruffy trees between the Carly Dushim and a convenience store. You know, no homeless people, obviously. You know, people taking a smoke break behind any of these things. Nobody chasing this elephant. So she gets to turn back from 10-foot tall, you know, elephant into a her human. So Oh, yeah, this great. is actually my first note, is when she's demorphing, Tobias is like, her cultish legs appeared or something like that. Like, he uses the word cultish to describe her legs, and that is very, that stuck out to me as, like, very strange. Because <laughs> he's supposed <laughs> to, like, have a crush on her, right? And it's, like, yeah, cult, sexy cultish legs. Like, yeah, what? You know, very life on the prairie sort uh, of. A, I say nay. Wobbly dangly thin. Mm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> horses. I get what you said. I get yeah. what you did there, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so, uh, yeah. So they do this. Rachel's kind of like, she's totally into this, but she also gives Tobias a little bit of guff about, do you have to do this during the live, you know, commercial thing? What if any controllers see us? (laughs) Yeah, that's the number one concern. (laughs) Yeah. And basically, you know, there isn't really a response to this. (laughs) It's just like, Rachel makes the complaint and Tobias is like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Maybe. So, you know, that's fun. Um, they detail again what the controllers are. Again, I think it's because this is everybody still doesn't have their um we haven't gone through everybody's uh initial No, they story do yet. this throughout the series. Oh my god. Like no I way. almost it's every single book, which is why <laughs> oh we can god. just be like we can just glaze over it if unless there's something interesting in the way that they introduce the information because I used to when I was a kid just like skip the first like I would read it and then I would just remember skipping the part where they're like, here's what controllers are, here's what Visor 3 is, blah blah blah. Cause yeah, yeah, it's just gonna be every single time. I'm gonna love and, that. And if you guys are listening to this podcast out of order, that's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna skip that shit. Um. 
So that goes great. Another thing, Tobias, I think does a pretty good job of explaining why people are demorphing. I feel like more than the other books, it yeah. goes into more detail and it, you know, he makes it seem a lot more gross. So, you know, he's demorphing. He has like a fixation on morphing because obviously he can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But the the elephant to Rachel isn't so gross, but, you know, when they get to the other morphs of, you know, uh, later in the book, uh, Wolves and Fish, it, it seems a little bit gross. And he mentions sounds, which I don't think anybody else mentioned before. True. So, wolves and, wolves and Fish sounds like a hunting store. <laughs> <laughs> or a high-end wine bar. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that sounds kind of very British. Where they just had like, <laughs> or or yeah, a tavern. <laughs> yeah, you know, or it's Pub. just a sign. It's like it's got a wolf and a fish on it. <laughs> it smells yes. Like fish. Okay, that's what we're opening after we're done with this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, trademark. Nobody still our idea. So very much, you know. Again, describing the Yurks, Visser Three. You know, their sort of their origin of how they got their their powers. You know, there's a price to pay, you know, for staying in a morph for too long. Tobias goes over that. You know, they have two hours to do this or they're forever trapped. They go off to fly. They're meeting at, I believe, or they're meeting at Rachel's house tonight for a meeting. It's actually just that the the other kids saw on TV what they did and are mm-hmm. just there to yell at them. Again, how is yep. this not the topic of conversation everywhere? <laughs> yeah, Tom. Tom's not even asking about it like he was in the first book, but okay. Yeah. yeah. But 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 on the way when um, <clears throat> Tobias is going to Rachel's house, he sees a ripple in the air. And so we love this. This will be obviously something ominous, but it's in the sky, but it feels big. But he says it also feels vast, you know, bigger than any jet and sort of like an like a hole in space. But, you know, it's, you know, you just see the sky. It's, you know, it's very visible um, still. And so um, they get back, you know, Rachel and Tobias are still talking and playing around. You know, they, um, Tobias is predicting that uh, Marco's first words to them are going to be, are you insane? And at the very end of the chapter, they end with that. Marco asked them, are they insane? Uh, very high. So we love, you know, Marco's predictable. We got that. So, you know, they're having their meeting, which is great. And Marco's giving them shit. And then Tobias is like, I thought you didn't want to save the world, which, you know, point Marco makes a huge stink about it all the time. And he's like, you're right. Um, but since all you guys, you know, want to save the world and you are my friends, more or less, dig it, Tobias, a dick, <laughs> uh, I figure someone has to keep them safe by calling them total idiots, which is, you know, I guess the whole 90s ragging on each other thing. It's his it's his way of showing he cares, which is he gets better. <laughs> I mean, is he a Sundere or whatever? But... Um, and i mean tobias calls it out he's like marco and i will probably never be very close so you know that's that's great um (laughs) couple um so again describing jake again they describe jake as big and not a football player you know but still solid i'm like okay what the heck is this yeah as like a middle uh, i was thinking about that because i taught middle school and so i was like well there are like some middle schoolers who are like bigger you know yeah. they're just they are hit puberty faster yeah, yeah they the hit the growth spurts still earlier but yeah. i remember middle school towering over all the boys and they playing catch up all through high school yeah yeah for sure so you know they're just ragging on each other being upset about that um they sort of disband from there um you know you get a little cassie and jake moment they you know sort of touch their hands together in a yeah way there's that a lot of that and nobody like calls it out and i'm they know. Everybody knows. But nobody teases yeah, them. Yeah, but they're never... <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
you know so they're i mean they're doing their thing but it's sweet you know a little little thing here and then uh there's another line that says the darkness within darkness it's how tobias describes sort of the ripple or the hole in the sky that he saw and this when i read this i was like this is major kingdom hearts vibes darkness everything <laughs> darkness within darkness the ultimate darkness so that was that was sort of fun but then tobias is like i don't know if i should tell them i'm kind of you know reserved on this and i'm like why yeah <laughs> this is this is again this this is not the situation to have secrets in. he just people. got in trouble so he was like let's take a break before i get in trouble again i, I mean yeah because it's his fault <laughs> but it's his fault the sky uh, is opening up <laughs> right uh the sky is falling chicken little but so it's you know the day passes you know it's great he is still thinking about you know that thing in the sky he saw he goes back to it because he had a bad feeling about it um and he's trying to see if he can catch it again. And on the way, he's again going into more of his feelings as a, as a hawk, but, you know, mind of a person and how the hawk instincts are really starting to weigh heavy on him. And, um, you know, he mentions that you know, he didn't eat like a hawk because he ate food that Jake gave him. So it was cooked, you know, regular people food that Jake was giving him, which, you know, you know, if you ever were thinking like a human and a pet, you know, this would sort of be like ridiculous <laughs> to give a bird. Um, yeah, he gives him um, or actually this is later. Is this later? Yeah, yeah, that we see what food he gives him. But it's like hamburger, green beans and potatoes, which is another instance of, of Jake being a sweet dummy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, dude, didn't you learn about predators and prey like why wouldn't you just ask cassie i know seriously like, cassie would hook him do? up honestly yeah. tobias really should be staying with cassie right, right. why is he not because he likes jake i don't know it, they've got this weird jake friendship is kind of useless jake is a flea i mean in, maybe in more fan in real life to an extent. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's just the face you know and tobias i think he, he feels when he was a human jake kept him safe and Mm -hmm. i think it's all it's part that tobias wants to be near jake because he feels safe around jake and part because jake feels responsible for what happened to tobias and so he's like i will take care of you but it's like cassie has frozen mice like she has the goods i don't know well i think it's well the thing with that is you know tobias goes into it you know he's really not ready to commit to eating an live or a a dead animal you know the way they're used to it you know he yeah he struggles yeah he struggles with that because he sees that as a um a point of losing his humanity and you know he he mentions jake eating the lizard and how you know jake or eating the spider yeah sorry jake being the lizard eating the spider um (laughs) And so, you know, it's just, it's something he's going to struggle with, you know, and this is, you know, something we'll see throughout the books too. And so, you know, Tobias is still in his head. He's going in about how his parents died, his aunt and uncle don't live, uh, love him. And, you know, he's got bullies. So full on, you know, emo going on here, you know, which really sucks. He wasn't in a great situation, you know? And, yeah. Um, even, you know, Jake had mentioned like Tobias, he's our friend, but not really our friend. And then it's, you know, it's, you know, Tobias just honestly, you just feel bad for him because he doesn't seem like, you know, odd or that bad of a person. It's, you know, eh. just like even the people that are in his life don't care for him. Even his, yeah. I mean, like Jake, obviously is kind of ambivalent to him to an extent. Marco's yeah, just when he mean. was human and, and jake just like let him hang around it wasn't like they had much in common you know mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah he has rachel yeah. <laughs> they're so sweet uh, this so is the, uh so best when, love story so you know, tobias is all in his anyway. head um 
uh, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. But Tobias is all in his head, and uh, then he notices the ripple again. It passes over him. And this is the next day, to clarify. Yes. Um, and this is the next part that I did not see coming. Tobias, coincidentally, at the same time, notices a flock of geese flying in V formation until one of them hits an invisible wall and seems to fold in on itself, collapse, and sort of just slide horizontally, flopping. And <laughs> just like, the image of that. It sounds <laughs> funny, but disturbing. Like, I, I, I like, cringe. It's just, it's sli- to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it is horrifying. And that was my first reaction. But now that we're talking about it again, I was, like, just the image of it just, like, sliding across like this very, like, Simpsons. to me, or like, yeah. paper or something, <laughs> crinkling up and falling down. Like a paper crane. <laughs> And he doesn't mention any blood because I'm like, if they ran into something like that, I feel like they would be like. They would have just exploded. It's going kind of slow, I guess. I guess. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Geese guts. But, um,. So that's so that's interesting. That's fine. It's dramatic. We like okay. So this this ripple, it is Definitely very physical. Physical, big. You know, can stop geese in its tracks. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, this has to be a ship. We all know what this is. Um, <laughs> if you can stop a goose, strong. Yeah. They don't say. They have another. You know, cuts to another meeting, and they don't say if it was the next day or not. We're, I'm assuming it's probably the the next day, or maybe the afternoon after school. Yeah, and you know they're meeting at Cassie's house and um in her barn, and finally Tobias talks about this. Talks about what he saw, and you know how you know he's sure it's a York ship, and they have stealth and cloaking technology, which of course makes sense because you know having a whole bunch of ships you know coming in and out of you know airspace, um especially seen you know would raise alarms you know we know the yurks are infiltrated a lot of our system but not not everything and you know not enough where they can really take over the world yet so um they're sure uh tobias is dead sure on this and wants to do something about it and of course marco is you know being resistant to to everything about this and but they you know they decide to go and do it basically everybody besides marco is like this is what we need to do and so they're gonna do this um, they're going to try to follow where it is and try to see if it uh, decloaks itself and see what it really is. But, um, you know, one, there's some really great arguments during this meeting. Basically, you know, they, they also ask, like, Cassie, you know, what do you think? And Cassie's like, you know, I feel like we've sort of done enough. You know, they regale what we they did for books one and two. And then she turns completely and is like, but you know, this is what we have to do. Like, we have the ability to do this. So, of course, I'm going to do something about this. Um... And then basically, this is where I'm like, Marco, you know, whatever. He's like, they aren't my friends or my family. Why should I get killed for strangers? And I'm like, okay, Marco. Here where I was like, very, you know, that attitude. Um, It's like, well, one, you do nothing. You're going to be dead and probably a slave in like a horrible way in the future. Or you can do something about it now and try to stop it. So it's like either you're, you're fucked for sure or you're maybe fucked. But like you could be fucked sooner. (laughs) <laughs> but at, at, at one point you will be fucked exactly <laughs> um, so it's just i'm just but it's like they aren't my friends and my family i was like well i know who's voting red um <laughs> you know, no social help programs here um you know bootstraps and all that so you know that's a fight and then you know 
Marco is like, you just get off on this, Cassie. And, you know, why should we care about, you know, some Rachel. stupid Rachel. Rachel. Uh, yeah, Marco. Is, and Rachel. Yeah. Um, and Rachel is just, like, pissed. She's like, you know what, Marco? I'm done. You're either in or you're out. Like, I'm tired of, you know, trying to convince you and arguing with this. So, like, which I'm like, yes, Rachel, go off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It would be great, in all honesty, if Marco's just like, okay, peace. Because, uh, yeah wet blanket this whole entire time he could just go home take care of his dad do his life and just you know become a controller and then they'll save him maybe so like yeah it, you know, it'd it be great <laughs> much yeah. more upbeat get, the, get that out of the way so i uh, yeah with kate on that one but um so they decide you know okay they're definitely gonna go they're gonna go up into the mountains to see you know where this thing goes what they do and um so they're going, their plan is to transform into some wolves to do pause, this. Pause, um, pause, Um, Okay, uh, I just want to say, I'm starting a tally still from books one to now for triangulating where the fuck they are. So, um... Oh, yes, I also wrote this down. Yeah, all right. So we got the green uh, Annalie, uh, which is the lizard from book one. That's a... Na- so I'm only recording down what uh, is confirmed or pretty much assumed as a native um, creature that they're coming across either that were injured and taken in by Cassie's family or they came across, you know, uh, like the lizards were in the back of Cassie's barn or things like that or a shrew was like, you know, fudging around from a bush in the neighborhood. So you got the green anole lizard. Um, that kind of has a fairly specific range. You got more broad things at this point now because they mentioned raccoons being taken care of in the clinic at the barn, possums, a coyote, the geese. Skunk- they mentioned skunks, skunks coming out of the cave, like potential skunks. Yeah, you got turkey buzzards. Um, so all these, I need to go and double check all of them, but I'm pretty sure they all have pretty broad <laughs> ranges, including the red-tailed hawk, um, which... Uh, yeah, the red-tailed hawk is like the most common hawk in California. Oh, yeah, but it's also like ranges from Alaska and just doesn't go up to the Arctic Circle, but everything from there down to the Caribbean, <laughs> so, <laughs> it, they, it's, uh, it's all, all all around in North America. It's, it's, it's claimed a continent. They also have to, all these wild animals also have to live at least somewhat by skyscrapers. Well, the thing is, is like they describe that they're by a beach and then a few, uh, like a handful of miles, like 20, 30 miles away from the ocean uh, in their city is the mountain. So I was kind of thinking of Los Padres National Park, which is by Santa Barbara. Yeah, um, but the green anole only is down in Southern California, down to uh, Orange County and San Diego, if you're talking California. Um, so, but the thing is, is when they've talked about reintroducing wolves into their area, that's where, all right, I found some old data and I need to keep researching, but so far (laughs) I'm just seeing that wolves being reintroduced, um, is only in Northern Midwest, like you got Idaho, Montana and stuff. And then, uh, uh, like in, uh, Alaska and, um, you got Yellowstone and, uh, and, uh, Canada. California. California has Yosemite in it too. No Maybe wolves in Yosemite, like... as far as I know. Oh. I'd be there in a hot second there all the time if they were. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be one of those like wolf posse people that, you know, follow and track all the wolves around in Yellowstone and, you know, have daily updates about, you know, their their activities and things. Oh my gosh, that'd be so much fun. Just don't get eaten like that grizzly guy. What grizzly guy? I mean, like, uh, I, I can't mean... remember the documentary. <laughs> Like, there was a dude... Bear Giles or something, or whatever. Did you say Rupert Giles? 
No, something like Giles Bear. I don't, I could just be, you know what? <laughs> I, I was do. like, that's that's from Buffy. <laughs> somebody, oh, that's, yeah, somebody did get eaten by a bear. His name's Timothy Treadwell, and the documentary is called Grizzly Man from 2005. And basically he was like, I live with the bears. I'm like one of them. They're like a part <laughs> of me. And he, they eat him, because obviously. Yeah. His death was a little grizzly. Oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm going to take all of these. Like, And you also got like the shrew, the osprey, the eagle. So as we go through the books, um, I'm going to keep trying to triangulate. Obviously, sorry, Midwest. Uh, they're not inland because they're by an ocean. So you either got the Atlantic, you got the Gulf of Mexico, you got the Pacific. Um, but these are kind of angling towards the south i'm thinking with some of these creatures are probably i mean southern california is still a possibility but i'm also thinking especially with the green anole lizard it's very common in the south um of the u.s uh and um oh, i forgot what notes i i'm, I'm pretty sure it's just in north america that is going to be uh, otherwise i'd love for it to expand and like okay is it possible in mexico or um Central America or South America or something like that, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, keeping it to North America. They do mention being American at some point. Yeah. 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 Because I'm just like, I don't want to like just, you know... Uh, just think the automatically like oh yeah u.s the, centric yeah, yeah exactly in our country but you are listing a lot of the common uh animals that we get around here so slowly but surely if anybody else wants to help with this project we want to we want to yeah. figure out through the best we can uh where they actually are because whoops they gave information away sorry <laughs> okay continue sorry jason no this is we love tangents here guys um if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts um it's <laughs> kind just more content you guys have a fun time with us we're here to you know show character um so um the next day after school they go to the mountains they hike um do they hike or they fly? So um, they said they can't fly because they don't want to fly that far in the same maybe. direction as for bird watchers. Yeah. The hidden so danger. They, they kind of just walk a little bit. They into are the dangerous. Woods outside of- <laughs> you always have to be on guard. For I the bird like, watch. I did. I did know how Tobias is like, bird watchers are cool because they don't try and hurt the birds or anything. They just want to look at them, and that's cool. And I was like, that's adorable. I feel like it's a reference <laughs> to the second book where they tried to, where hunters tried to shoot at them. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> we know, were looking, but, you know. and then we shot at you. Exactly. It's an active bird watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to get tactical, a closer Tactical look. bird watcher. <laughs> but, so, so they hike into the woods the next day after school. Um, they hike into, I think they said a few hundred yards and then they start transforming and they start, uh, morphing into wolves, which they had gotten obviously from Cassie's barn. They had some wolves they were, uh, nursing and, uh, Marco starts throwing like a hissy fit. Um, cause he's like, why do I have to be a girl wolf? And I'm like, again, is that the problem here? Is this like the big issue? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, we can get into whatever that's going to get into, but, um, it's just like. Also, another thing to learn about morph is like it, it copies the DNA so exactly, which obviously, you know, like sex is, can be determined by your DNA. So I just always assumed like, oh, they just morph into they. I honestly don't think about children and animal genitalia, but <laughs> now that they're bringing it into here, it's like, 
oh, I guess it literally is an exact copy of the animal except that they touch except in good health. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a couple notes here. First of all, so that they say that Marco, only one of the boys can be the male because one of them has to be the alpha. And I just wanted to note that the whole alpha thing, the alpha wolf thing, has been completely debunked. Yeah, there's the female who, alphas all the time. Well, the the guy who invented the whole, like, alpha structure thing, how it's like, there's only one family and, or there's only, like, one alpha, mm-hmm. is, like, he went and said, actually, my research was wrong. Um, because that was, like, a random collection of reintroduced wolves. And most of the time when there's, like, a family of wolves, when they have a quote-unquote alpha, it's usually the both the male and the female of, like, the matriarch and the patriarch of the family. The alpha pair. So, sorry, dudes. Alphas don't exist. And then also, Tobias was noting earlier when he saw the geese, he's like, man, geese are really, like, determined. And they can fly long distances really fast and all together. Why didn't they just pick a geese? Pick a geese. Pick geese. Goose. <laughs> go goose. Go goose. Uh, <laughs> you Sponsor know, why us. not just go? Because then you can be together. You can go long distances really far and you can just land on the lake. You could just land on the lake and it wouldn't be, be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Make, so anyway, yeah, make a valid point. But then we couldn't get all this, you know, hoopla happening with Lots. the wolves now. <laughs> we just so want to be fucking wolves, Morgan. <laughs> Let them be Stop wolves. raining on the parade. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe so, she, maybe Cassie didn't have a goose at the time. We'll just say it was. I that. mean, like but Tobias like, could have pointed to them where the dead geese are. They right It's got to be alive. Have, they though. can't. They can only acquire live animals. Which they is stupid because animals. as long as the DNA in the cell is intact, does it really matter? Um, there's got to be like a time limit after it, like the light leaves its eyes. <laughs> yeah, maybe they need to suck their life force in order to mourn. But you know, Marco's having his huge issue with being like a wolf in drag, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so, but you know, they get over it. Um, they start transforming. Tobias is noting, um, you know, how it happens, and you know, he's a little bit concerned because, um, you know, the wolf mind. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of the other animals are transformed to a very strong instincts. And so he's worried, you know, what this one is going to do. Um, you know, so that's okay. You know, Cassie goes first. She's the best at this. And she starts transforming. You know, her nose bulges out. She starts getting shaggy silver hair everywhere. You know, he, he really just doesn't like seeing people more. It definitely apparently grosses people out, which I guess I could imagine, but... Yeah, there's know. like a he makes a point about how there's like a grinding noise when her back like when her knees, knees switch directions, yeah, crunching. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, that's... yeah, like squishing and crunching noise that would probably get me. Yeah, I think that would that was the little part of the description that I was like, okay, now this is unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so and oh yeah, and Cassie goes first because she's the most skilled, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, just to, like let us know what the wolf brain is like you go first (laughs) yeah um you know it happens uh she is there they ask how it is um you know she bared her teeth and snarled you know for a quick second you know they're a little bit like okay we're still human and there's (laughs) a possible really angry wolf right here but uh cassie being the expert that she is she gets a hold of it really quickly so that's great. Uh, then they all start transforming in the wolves and they start going up the mountain. 
And, um, you know, they're going at a really steady pace. It's great. Except Tobias is noting they had to stop to pee a lot of times, which is hilarious. Because um, that's what my dog does. Exactly. All the time. It's like, it's just, just cute. You're like, they're supposed to be, you know, wolves. And it's just like, let me just, you know, pee on everything, which is just so funny to think about again. Um, Jake, again, apparently never taken a biology class or watched a discovery documentary. He's like, <laughs> what am I doing? It's like, I'm marking my territory. You own a male dog. Like, what do you oh think? <laughs> Is like happening, Jake. You also think that with all the the priorities, like, oh, I have gymnastics class, you know, priority, or I need to go study for this math test tomorrow, yada, 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 before we go and save the world from Yerks. They wouldn't make the priority to go research about fucking animals. (laughs) Well, Cassie did. She's like, my wolf book says that you're marking your territory. Oh, yeah, no, Cassie rules. The rest of them are just like skirting by (laughs) for the A. (laughs) No, it's Yeah, they're cheating off of her. Yeah, it's the group project that Cassie's doing all the work. Yes. <laughs> so. um yeah and and during this part i noted that tobias is feeling bad for himself because he doesn't get to be a wolf and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. me too like yeah, <laughs> i same. also same yeah yeah mm-hmm. and 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 then he like flies ahead um and he says it's really hard to feel sorry for sh- it's really hard to feel sorry for yourself when you're working out big time and i was like i beg to differ <laughs> went for a run this morning and i was like why am i doing this do i hate myself <laughs> She thought bitterly. Yeah. Like, I I feel sorry for myself every time I work out, so. <laughs> so, you know, not everybody gets those endorphins, you know, from the exercise, but, you know, a little hawk brain. I do normally, it. but it was very warm today. <laughs> Um, so Tobias is also being like, I wonder what that, all that raw, confident power and cool intelligence feels like. And... <laughs> You know, I'm like, yeah, that actually sounds really great. Poor Tobias could probably use some of that. You know what sucks? Right. He's like, maybe I'll ask Rachel a little about that later. And mm. then he's like, then I can ask them how My it heart. feels like to be human. And then he's like, maybe Aww. they can tell that about me too. And then he's like, stop it, Tobias. Like, you you can't go down this path because it's just going to be super terrible for yourself. So he's, he, he constantly, Tobias's whole book, this whole battle is him constantly like something happens and he thinks about it and he's like you can't think about that stop it it's it's gonna be sad yeah he's like stopping himself from thinking of himself as anything other than human Mm -hmm. so he's like not really dealing with the issue but he's like yeah he's pushing it away yeah but like he's he also is like yeah he's scared because he's like i i feel like in the back of the line he's like he doesn't think he's ready to like really fully admit it and deal with it because he he doesn't think he can be both he thinks he has to be one or the other and like sacrificing one is gonna you know forever take away from you know the other oh i was just gonna say if uh, i wanted to feel empowered as a red tail hawk i park myself like up on a telephone line and just wait for people to pass by and let fire i mean like that's your version of peeing on things <laughs> or you know if you wouldn't killed i mean take down a power line take down an internet cable take down a satellite dish <laughs> really really be the god of people <laughs> i mean he did just free a hawk earlier so that was cool yeah from captivity uh... um so so basically you know tobias flies ahead you know being his moody self and he um sees a lake and but then he also sees a convoy of trucks and jeeps and they're moving along this dirt road and there's helicopters coming too. they're going up by the shore of the lake and several dozen uniformed men jump out from the trucks and they've they've got automatic weapons so these are like military grade weapons that these people are carrying 
So that obviously rings a big alarm in his head. I mean, same. That is not who you want to be around. Um, And it's sad he also knows two college-type people. So I'm like, is he in high school or middle school if he knows what college-type people look like? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, like, Rachel describes the guy that was accosting her last book as a college-type person. College-type. So, I mean, they are teenagers- I was still guessing on the lower side of teenage dumb versus no yeah. later high school, but yeah. Oh, another thing to think they, they this is something they keep mentioning. Maybe they have a local college, so if that's where we need to think about where they are too. Hmm, that's a good thought. Yeah, I yeah. I think they do mention a college at some point, but as like a community college. Um, Should be free. Support Bernie Sanders. Um, <laughs> but so then the helicopters and what's in the helicopters is also ter- terrifying. They've got hork bajor. Hork Bajir warriors, which are basically like uh, small lizard Tyrannosaurus rexes with blades all over them. So those are flying in helicopters with a bunch of semi-automatic rifles. Um, <laughs> that is a really messed up dream. Uh, Tobias is obviously freaked. He goes back to try to find the others, and he's looking around, looking around, and he spots a wolf pack. Um, this wolf pack is made of five wolves, however. So when Tobias goes up to try to talk to them, you know, they're not saying anything. They're not doing anything. He gets in closer and one of the wolves attacks him. And that's when he realizes, oh, this is the wrong number. These are not my friends. Oh, crap. I almost died. So then he runs away. And then 10 minutes later, finds um, his friends, Jake, uh, Cassie, Marco, and Rachel. Um, and he basically tells them, you know, there's people there, automatic weapons, hork this is like getting really, really serious. Like, should we even go for this some more? You guys have already been in more for a while. And Jake and Rachel basically like, let's go for this. Let's still do it. And then everybody else follows. Of course, Marco gets his two cents and is, you know, whatever. Um, so uh, they still go up. They make it towards up there. And then they notice the the visible wave. The ripple happens again in the sky. And um, as they watched, it became invisible no more. Um, so it's great. We finally get to see what this thing looks like. And Tobias knows it first, and he tells them all to look up, and <laughs> tells them not to freak out. And people are literally like, jaw drop. Oh my god, it's huge. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> but the word huge doesn't really begin to describe it. Um, they say like an oil tank or an aircraft carrier. Um, huge. Like that big. You know, like a jumbo jet looks like a toy comparison. Um you know, there's a bulging fat portion in the middle with swoop curly wings on either side. Sort of looks like a, a manta ray. Um, you know, so that's that's what this huge invisible craft now looks like. Um, and now some bug fighters also come in and sort of like some of the smaller um, sort of like fighter type uh, spacecraft that they have. So, you know, they're really taking the security really, really serious here. It's probably um, blood streaks on the side. They should label it the Goose Killer. <laughs> that's the name of the ship. <laughs> I thought about that too. I was like, "You guys can just see a bunch of like a red glob, <laughs> a little little spot yeah. moving through the sky." Um, but from the belly of the ship, um, a pipe, a pipe start coming out, and a bunch of them, I think about you know three, maybe a little bit more, go into the lake and start sucking up water. Um, and they're like, "That's why it's so big because it's basically." Co- co- um, sucking a bunch of water and marco was like this is actually great because now we know they have a weakness and everybody's like what do you mean because they want something we now know they want something we can now fuck with them yeah because they they need the ship to gather water and air to bring to the other ships in orbit like the the mother ship yeah yeah okay so sucking up all this water from a lake Lakes usually are monitored pretty well with their water levels, and 
the amount of times that the ship is coming throughout the weeks and taking buttloads of water, uh, millions and millions of gallons out of that, that's not noticed. I mean, granted, I know a lot of the park rangers are now controlled in this situation, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. usually that stuff's reported daily pretty regularly. I mean, especially in California here with all our droughts, like, every drop counts and <laughs> you're monitoring. I think it is because all the park uh, rangers have become controllers, but they also do mention a little bit later that um, they're probably going to switch lakes to not be too noticeable. I mean, um, but again, millions of gallons is that's <laughs> really noticeable. Yeah, that's like a lot. Yeah. Even for, yeah, big lake, that's pretty noticeable. <laughs> I feel like they also wouldn't need to get this much water and air. I mean, every day or something. <laughs> Yeah, every single day. Is it every they day would be able or, to or like, some I thought it. it was a couple times a week that they did this. I mean, so far it seems like day after day. It's been three days in a see. row so far, I feel oh, like. okay. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Like, if they had that many people to hydrate, you know, they could just invade Earth. But, um, yeah. you know, this is this is what they're doing. They notice that, you know, they can find it. They take this out or they expose it. This is this is big. Um, And before this chapter... And Tobias has a little sort of struggle and also puberty moment where he notices the <laughs> the hawk that they released from the commercial from Dirty Dan. And it's a female hawk. And he's like having these feelings that like a lie, but I feel like I should be with her. I like, you know, need to. And I'm like, okay, this is your hawk instincts, you know, in whatever sort of way <laughs> telling you to, you know, be with this lady hawk or want to be with your own kind or whatever. Um, and he has to be like, no, no, I'm a human. I'm a human, not a bird. And then he leaves her alone. <laughs> go to struggle. It's like, it's a lie. It's a lie. You are a hawk. It's like, no, I'm not. Um, you're a hawk. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then, you know, basically, um, Tobias just, you know, sort of leaves, goes back just focusing on his friends. And, and then that, you know, we're, they're all just sort of still trying to take in this huge aircraft. Yeah. And um, so he runs into the other Animorphs and they have run into that other wolf pack that almost got Tobias earlier. Uh, and they're in kind of like a standoff over a rabbit. And Cassie says, like, Jake and that other alpha, quote unquote, are like facing off. And Cassie's like, well, if he backs down, the other pack might think we're weak and attack. Which doesn't really seem right to me because, like, I don't think a pack of five wolves is going to attack a pack of four wolves over a rabbit. I guess maybe if they're really hungry. But that doesn't seem like a thing that wolves would do. Um, So Tobias has the bright idea to just grab the rabbit. He, like, dives and grabs it and carries it off and kind of gets away. The elf, the other alpha wolf tries to get him, um, but only kind of grazes his tail. And it distracts the other wolves enough for his friends to bounce. So Tobias flies off and um, is like, okay, let me see how much time you guys have left because it's been a while now. So he flies off. He finds one of the park ranger trucks that has a clock inside and sees the time. And he's like, oh, shit, it's seven minutes too late. Like it's seven minutes past two hours. So he's like books it. He just tears back to them and is like screaming at them to morph right now. And he lies and tells them that they have two minutes left. He's like, you have two minutes. Uh, and so, well, he says, he says, they say, how much time do we have? And he says, none. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so then they ask for clarification. He says, two minutes left. Um, Cassie demorphs very quickly because she's very good at this. And so she doesn't, she has like a little bit of a hard time, but not really that much. But the others, their morphs are not 
going the way they're supposed to. Like Rachel is growing hands instead of feet. Marco, his head turns back to human, but the rest of him stays wolf. And Tobias is like, I thought they were going to be trapped as wolves, but this is like way worse. They're going to be trapped as half wolf, half human werewolf. And we now have a werewolf creatures. series. <laughs> <laughs> Change genre. Very excited. <laughs> Yeah, and so this moment, like, Cassie finishes demorphing and she starts talking the other characters through it. And Marco has this moment where he turns and, like, looks at Tobias. And he's just, like, staring at Tobias as, like, this motivation, which felt really gross. Because Tobias is like, that's okay if he needed to look at me to, like, motivate himself to demorph so that he wouldn't be stuck. Like, Marco was looking at Tobias to be like... I don't want to be trapped like him. So that part was kind of <laughs> rough. So they all do eventually make it back to human with Cassie's coaching and they start like cheering and celebrating. And that's too much for Tobias. So he kind of takes off. He's like, I'm happy for them, but I don't really want to be there anymore. And he just flies off. Um, yeah. I mean, that so, yeah. sounds really gross to begin with. <laughs> and then traumatizing, triggering. Yeah, for sure. Like he gets a little uncomfortable every time they are morphing because, you know, like, you said he can't do it anymore, but mm-hmm. now he he's like very upset that they like he he's ups he's not upset that they made it. He's upset at having to see that. So he just takes off and flies around all day. And then that night goes to Jake's attic. That's where he gets the hamburger, green beans, and potatoes. But he can only eat the hamburger because he's a carnivore. <laughs> Jake means well, but is a dummy. So he can't go to sleep, so he goes to Rachel's, and it's so sweet. She nailed a birdhouse to her windowsill so that he can perch on it when he visits her uh, and, like, tap on the window so that she can open it. It was really cute. Girl, you up? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they have, like, a conversation where he's like, I feel like I'm losing my humanity. And Rachel's like, no, you're a human. And she has a picture, she she goes to her dresser and takes out a picture, like a physical picture that she has of him from when he was human, which is sweet, but also, where did she get that? Isn't it like a group picture? No, it's just a picture of Tobias. And Tobias is like, I didn't know you had a picture of me. And awesome. it's like, Rachel's yeah, but like, how did you get that? Did you cut it out of the yearbook? Or like, where? Because like, your parents don't give a shit about you. It's like you go on Facebook and like, just print it like okay i guess maybe we used to get you know when we were kids and teens used picture day you would get like prints of your pictures but like also you had to order those so like where did she get it i don't know (laughs) stalker (laughs) (laughs) just like uh rachel i'm coming out of the bathroom right here like where did you get this (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's like him with a towel wrapped around him or something like through a window (laughs) Like, uh, okay. <laughs> you could have just asked, probably. <sighs> okay. Uh, and she, she keeps reassuring him that he's human, which is, like, very reassuring, but also, like, in a way not helping him deal with it. Like we were saying earlier, she's like, you're human, 100%. And then she also says that she's sure the Andalites will come and change him back to human, but he knows that she's lying to him. And we don't know that the Andalites have that power to change him back to human or anything like that. We d- that's just a speculation that Jake came up with on in the first book. 
<laughs> yeah, the don't don't stay in more for two hours plus. It's a real bitch to try to fix you later. I mean, we can, but yeah, we don't it's want like, to. It's really hard. <laughs> it's just like it means it's we like, have it's to like work. It's like changing a transmission. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next day, Tobias is, has a chill day. Kind of trucked motorcycle. It's like three blocks over. I can still hear it. Um. So <laughs> the next day, Tobias has a chill day, flying around. Trying not to feel sorry for himself. We get, like, a several scenes in this book where he's just flying around. Thinking Trying about... not to feel sorry for himself, but really Yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> and then they wait until Tom leaves to go to a sharing meeting, Jake's brother Tom. Uh, and then they go meet at Jake's house. And they have to keep it short because Cassie has to go with her dad to re-release a great horned owl into the wild, which is cool. And then Rachel's like, I have a gymnastics exhibition at the mall, which is, like, very 90s. Quite a 90s moment. <laughs> That whole thing with Marco teasing her about that, too. And just, like... Is... Oh, he's like, when? Where? I'll be there. I know. Oh, okay. I'm like, so Marco has a thing for Rachel now? Oh, he totally does. And it's weird. It's like, yeah, that's the way you, you know... That's like the way you talk to school. people that you, you know... Uh... She digs me. Yeah. She likes it when I when I treat her poorly and diminish her opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've invented, I've invented this thing. It's called nagging. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Marco, so stupid. Oh Marco, Marco. <laughs> he's uh, he's Jake is sweet and stupid. Marco is just like full he's of the opposite. He's smart and mean. Yeah. <laughs> you say he gets better, Morgan. Like, are you sure, or is this nostalgia speaking? <laughs> I mean, like I said, the last time I read these books all the way through was college, and I've read them like in spots, you know, since then. So. Okay. I don't know if that's nostalgia, but I promise he gets better. Anyway, uh, so they make a plan to hijack the ship so they can disable the cloaking device and reveal the the whole thing to, like, everybody so that they can, you know, go tell the governor or whatever. But <laughs> they need to get inside the ship. The governor so knows Jake how is to like, take down spaceships. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if is... I mean, if it was still Arnold Schwarzenegger, come on. I mean, this idea, <laughs> this idea is great. If it was yeah. during Twitter, <laughs> like, the governor like, can say a decade and well, a half later. I, again, this came out in 1996. Yes, yes. it did. Yeah, because this was she was like busting these out like every two months yeah. or something like that, or every month or something. Every one month, yeah. Jesus. Um. Yeah. That's why they started to be ghostwritten uh, at some point. But um, it's a crazy pace. This is before Buffy and before Harry Potter. Uh huh. So just a note. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. So J.K. Uh, K. Applegate is better than both J.K. Rowling and Joss Whedon. There, I said it. Um, <laughs> you heard it here. Please first. at me, Morgan underscore chest. Slay. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Everybody knows it. <laughs> so so they're like okay we need to get inside the ship so let's be fish and get sucked up into the fish into the ship which like <laughs> is a bad idea like what do you think it's just gonna be loose like just water jiggling around in the ship like <laughs> obviously it's gonna be in a tank we're just gonna be in water balloons I, so, morgan i don't know what your problem yeah, is yeah like can I need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like i like this these last three books really kind of show how their plan planning is bad really well, my plans are bad no my thing is like you know they're like they're going they're getting plan to get sucked up but they have no idea what the interior is like my mind is like why would they have any sort of um like like 
constant opening in the tank part. Like, it would be completely sealed, except See, for... See, and then go the, through the, pipes and, or whatever. I mean, like, again, alien technology, you know, sky's the limit in terms of what could be, you know, created around there. So, yeah, no, totally. It's like saying, I'm going to break into someone's car by going in through the gas tank. But <laughs> it's like, they're just they're just very lucky with how their, that tank was designed. I'll just say that till we get there, but they were yeah. very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so the girls head off, um, you know, to go do their things. But kind of Jake and Marco and Tobias chill and chat for a little bit. And Jake uh, kind of is like, Are you okay, Tobias? And so Tobias is like, yeah, I've liked privately says to him because you can do that in thought speak without telling Marco because Marco's an ass. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I was just kind of weirded out by like seeing you guys change because they haven't really talked since he flew off. So Jake asks Tobias to scope out the area so they can find a place to hide out because their plan is to go up there in the morning and wait until the truck ship gets there. Um, and, uh, so they just kind of have some time to kill. Marco's like, so we're just going to sit around and play Doom, which you may have noticed in the revisions was changed to play video games. Yeah, I had that. Uh, well, which, Doom? Yeah, I was going to say, like Godzilla versus Kong in the first book, Doom has come back around again. Like, these <laughs> <Yes>. references <laughs> are, nev- are evergreen, man. I played Doom this year. <laughs> I played a I new know. Doom that came out last year. Yeah. I really liked that, too. I was like, wow, still so, besides the Sega, like, still so. So yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a, a moment in the next book, which we'll talk about when we get there, but it, it that one is an actual like technological difference or not really difference, but we'll I'll point it out to you guys. Anyway, it has to do with the actual technology they have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tobias like heads out to the mountains to start scoping out the place again. He's like kind of feeling sorry for himself. <laughs> but then he's like, but wait, I can do so many things as a bird I couldn't do as a kid. Like I can go to the gardens whenever I want or a concert or sporting event. And then he like starts to cheer himself up and he's like feeling kind of happy for the first time in the book. So he kind of zones out and doesn't realize that the hawk brain kind of took over. So before he knows it, he's in a dive and he catches a rat and just starts to eat it. He just catches a live rat and starts to eat the live rat. And so he kind of freaks out and he falls back and flies away. And kind of, this is like, this is a really tough part of the book. So he's like freaking out. He's like, no, 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 I I can't have done this. Like, I'm human. I'm Tobias. And he immediately wants to go see Rachel so that he can hear someone tell him that. And so he flies to the mall because that's where she is doing her exhibition thing. And he's like in a frenzy. He's not really thinking straight. And his first plan, he heads to the mall and he is heading for the glass door and just kind of plans to smash into it and end it all. But it says a dark, a guy, dark hair and short, opened the door, uh, implying that it was Marco, I think. I feel like that was implying that that guy was Marco oh, opening the door for him. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's traumatize my friends by committing suicide <laughs> right in front of them. Yeah, so Marco, okay, here you go. Here's a good thing that Marco does. <laughs> See, I, didn't, um, I just thought it was a regular, just a guy coming out of the mall. But, he's, but there's more. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he's here too. So Tobias like just darts around the mall. He's like flying past people who are like, uh-huh, bird. Uh, and so he reaches the middle of the mall, which I feel like very, like I envision my own hometown mall, which was not huge, but... There was like a stage in one part, uh, used to be. So he reaches this stage where Rachel's doing her gymnastics exposition 
And she's on the balance beam and he kind of heads straight for a wall near her, but she yells no. And it's not really explicit. It's like she yells no and then he pulls up like from the wall so that he doesn't smash into it, which I took to mean that he did it because she said no. Um, So he bounces off the skylight and falls and lands in Rachel's lap and... He's like kind of freaking out. He tells her, I'm lost. I killed. And Rachel says, as long as you have us, you're not lost. And so she throws him up into the air <laughs> and he flies away. But the hawk brain takes over and he heads for the skylight. And he just kind of lets it happen. Like the, he's going to crash into the skylight and die again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he uh, he's heading towards the skylight. But at the last second, Marco throws a baseball through the window and Tobias is able to escape Sky. So okay. Marco Skylines saves are him. pretty thickly pained. Um, <laughs> and in a mall yeah, really know, high right? up. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, Marco, you don't know what kind of arm you have those. there. but uh... <laughs> <laughs> He threw it. He hit the ball with a baseball bat. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that, but I feel like that would be the only way. Yeah, and why does he have a baseball? Whatever. Um, did he have the baseball in the previous scene? No. When he's no, talking? this was just a random baseball. <laughs> Maybe he bought it. Maybe it was like signed or something. He bought it at one of those like uh, sports places. He had a at baseball and he was ready to throw it at Rachel during her balance beam <laughs> act. Because <laughs> that's yeah. something that Marco would do. Yeah, I, I honestly thought it was interesting that he was really gonna go do that. Like go yeah anyway whatever um so any thoughts on that chapter before we yeah <laughs> switch rachel to stalks thing? tobias and then you know marco stalks rachel so there's just the whole dating thing going on yeah. <laughs> i was just you know finally this is really starting to pick up <laughs> i i feel like yeah this chapter is very intense for being like the third book but you know i Compared to the non-plot of the last book, it's interesting how much they're able to do with Tobias, despite him being a character who doesn't have a human life like his friends. I think it enhances mm-hmm. it you know what I mean? because his perspective on things is so much more interesting than just the <laughs> very plain kind of uh storyline so far going for Rachel and Jake. Rachel, I think, is a strong character in terms of how she acts and behaves towards other people in her and takes care of people. But yeah, it's been very uh, low-key and not that engaging for the for their narrations. Yeah. But Tobias actually has some interesting points. Also, I realize it's not even like a love triangle. It's like a love rectangle because Tobias is in love with other bird. So it goes, Marco <laughs> loves Rachel Rachel loves Tobias, and Tobias, you know, has lukewarm feelings towards Rachel, but he really digs that other bird. <laughs> this is getting uh, good. <laughs> okay, that's later. Okay, so Tobias flies around. He's the chapters even the next chapter is even like narrated by the hawk because he's referring to Tobias the boy as like he, and just kind of is very much like you know I hunted, I ate. I liked eating that like very simple narration. So Tobias let the hawk brain take over and was basically just like living as a hawk, eating, hunting most of the time. And so he was thinking about the female hawk because he was like very drawn to her. So he went to the mountains where her territory was to see her and he watches her. And that's when he watches her hunt the raccoon, but she misses. Then he sees a human running away from something and it's very much like, oh, it's prey. 
Like, Prey sometimes yells, this Prey is yelling, like, very matter-of-fact, like, um, yeah, there's a weak human being chased by a stronger predator, and it turns out that's a human running away from a hork and it kind of, like, jars Tobias, the human, back to the surface. So, yeah, Tobias is like, well, I can't let this happen, this is wrong, and so he decides to dive and attack the hork and does an eye scoop, you know, hits, hits his eyes with his talons, and then it cuts away to him going to Rachel's house, and being at Rachel's window, and he lets her in, and she's like, where the heck were you? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she gets mad. So she's like, are you okay? He says yes. And then she's like, why would you do that to us? Um, and kind of scolds him, but she's not super serious. So he tells her what he's been doing, living as a hawk, and how the hawk brain kind of took over. Then he says he saw this guy being chased by a hork in the mountains and saved him. He talked to the guy and led him away from the hork telling him when to run and when to hide, and explained to the guy... Don't tell anybody about this or the Yerks will find you. And apparently he seemed to uh, understand, which makes sense after being chased by a Horpshire. So that's two people now that they've saved. They saved the woman who rode up on Cassie's back Mm -hmm. in the first one. And now this guy. So that's two people. (laughs) Do do you remember that one (laughs) Doctor Who episode uh, where there was the Doctor Who, like, um, support group gathering this was when david Tennant was uh on uh as doctor. doctor who yeah uh and uh it was like one of those one-off episodes like the weeping angels but it's just like yeah we're here because we've all had encounters like with the doctor and you know he's actually real and all that stuff i could totally see the offshoot is these random characters yeah. that have gotten like i was saved by this animal it was so intelligent yeah me too i was carried off their back it spoke to me in my head yeah uh, is that one of the side uh, books that we're side books. that we're supposed to read eventually? Uh, no, <laughs> oh, these people come back. <laughs> but that would be dope. All these red shirts, man. Um, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, Rachel is like, well, we don't have to do this and go through this if you don't want to. And Tobias says, yes, we do because we need to free the people who are trapped by the Yerks because I know exactly how they feel. So Tobias leads them to a cave in the mountains that they can hide out in while they wait for the Yerks. Um, Tobias is carrying a little pouch, and the pouch has a lighter, a watch, fishing line, and a hook. Oh, so cute. He's got, yeah, he's like, it was two ounces, but it slowed me down a little bit, because he's a small bird. Um, I did, ar- uh, not archery, falconry in March, like three months ago, and learned that hawks can carry about their weight for a while, or I think I mentioned this in episode one, but they're only about three pounds. Yeah. A typical red-tailed hawk weighs 1.5 to 3.5 pounds. Yeah, and I also learned that, like, most of the time, and you'll see them, like, when you're driving on the freeway, they're just sitting on a top of a pole, like, just waiting for prey to walk underneath them mm-hmm. so they can go down and get it because that's the least energy yeah, that it takes. dive down and grab it. So Tobias must be eating, like, a lot of of prey, if he's doing this much work all the time. What was so. the lighter used for again? I totally forgot about this pouch. Didn't? Did they start a fire? They started a fire. They started, I thought they just had the trouble kids? getting inside the cave. Yeah, they, they were like, let's warm up. Let's start up a fire to warm up the cave before the Yurgs show up. Yeah. But I don't think they actually did use it. 
Or they did, but they put it out before the, by the time the year Yeah, because they didn't want smoke or anything showing. There's no plot significance for the butt. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all this, I'm just like, really? They can't carry watches as wolves, but they can put all the stuff on the three Right? Why are they making him carry this? <laughs> Why don't you put it out? Put a collar around them. They're wolves. Yeah. Well, tight, the collar. Tight clothing, but a tight watch is too far. I mean, like, yeah. even my dog has a backpack. He's not happy about it, but Aww. he'll wear it if he gets too rambunctious and he has to, you know, work out a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, because they, they have the watch just to make sure that they don't get um, to go over too much time like they did last time. And they spend most of the day trying and failing to catch a trout. And Cassie, <laughs> like, all of them are getting frustrated. And Cassie's just like, like, a patient, patient fisherman catches eventually. Like, she's just being like... Calm the fuck down, you idiots. It's fishing. It's not a math problem. We just need to stay calm. (laughs) And so she finally catches one when it's too late to test out the morph, conveniently. This also means that they don't have time to morph in the lake for some reason. I'm just like, nobody has a fish a pet goldfish or whatever (laughs) five like (laughs) kids to like test a fish brain (laughs) apparently not or like i feel like i feel like cassie's parents would have like a koi pond on their property you know to put those those goldfish that people abandon just to be like all right we have this pond we put abandoned goldfish and they grow into koi yeah they grow huge that's real right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah or even like a classroom pet you know yeah they never oh they do Classroom pet comes in either next book or seven. I so. am so good. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up with plot points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's and they acquire the fish. And that's the end of my section. <laughs> okay. So coming on back, uh, do you guys want to know a little bit of fast facts about uh, Red Tail Hawks? Lightning round. Lightning round. Okay. So uh, Red Tail Hawk. Um, is uh, a bird of prey. It's a raptor, obviously, and uh, it's throughout most of North America, as we talked about before. So it starts from the interior of Alaska to northern Canada, just, you know, sands the Arctic Circle, and then goes as far south as uh, Panama and the West Indies uh, and the Caribbean. It uh, gets around. Yeah, it gets around. Uh, It's claimed the whole continent. It is in all different types of biomes as well. So it includes uh, deserts, grasslands, uh, coniferous and deciduous forests, um, agricultural fields, urban areas. It is uh, legally protected in Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. by the Migratory Bird Act. Oh, yay. Yeah. And uh, there's 14 recognized subspecies. It is about 18 to 26 inches uh, in length, and its wingspan is 3 feet uh, 7 inches to a little under 5 feet. And this uh, species displays sexual dimorphism, which is actually mentioned in the book. So the females average about 25% heavier, bigger than the males. Hell yeah. Yeah. Tobias (laughs) also mentioned like, yeah, she's a female hawk. She's bigger than me. (laughs) Yeah. So they are also easily trained. Uh, as you're talking about with your falconry experience. I don't think actually they had a red tail when I was there. I think they had a Harris's hawk. Oh, okay. Which will show up in the next book. Not the next book. It'll show up later at some point. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. Cool. So red tail hawks uh, are the majority of hawks captured in falconry. 
in the U.S., and uh, falconers are permitted to take only uh, passage hawks, um, which are hawks that have left the nest and are on their own, but they are less than a year old and not breeding yet, um, so it doesn't affect the breeding population. And a fun tidbit is, uh, we talked about, I think, in like uh, our first ever episode, but the fierce screaming cry of an adult red hawk is frequently used as like generic raptor kind of sound effects in TV shows and, you know, movies Oh, for sure. I have definitely heard that where it's like, just, I think it's in our intro. (laughs) It is. Yeah. 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 So I brought it up um, and it's confirmed. Just that, that generic, like sometimes you'll just hear a generic, like cat meow sound effect. Oh yeah. Or in all the Star Wars, it's um, man eaten by alligator sound when you got all the stormtroopers like (laughs) falling to their death. It's the, ah! sound and it's also like an indiana jones and stuff too they they use that sound effect a lot basically red tail hawk is used all the time for uh especially bald eagles because it's uh cry is so like piercing and uh, yeah because because bald eagles cries are like chirpy (laughs) (laughs) so they're like well that's not very american so let's use this other one chirpy (laughs) i mean like in all honesty i think it was um uh, wasn't it Benjamin Franklin that wanted our uh, national bird to be uh, the turkey <laughs> instead yeah. of the bald like, eagle. Hey, turkeys feed people, man. Uh, yeah, we got the whole holiday around it. <laughs> um, what a pretty bird. I'm just scrolling through the images of Red Tailed Hawks. Oh, yeah, they're gorgeous. Who's a pretty bird? You are. <laughs> very smart, very intelligent. Okay, so let's dive back into this and finish up this book. All right, so. They got their fish morphs, finally. Patient fisherman. Tobias really can't make up his mind. First, he suggests his friends morph into the fish to get into the spaceship and sabotage it, but now he's worried. Ah, it's too dangerous. Um, and he's hemming and hawing. Jake, like, puts the kibosh on it, and he's just like, dude, let's just get on no, with the plan. No, we decided to do this. We're not changing God the plan. Fuck damn you. it, Tobias. Rachel's the first to acquire the fish DNA, and then the others do as well. Tobias has trouble watching them. He's concerned that they might not morph out in time like the wolf morph close call. So he flies up uh, to get a better view of the national park and the lake. And he sees the female hawk again. She's watching him because he's kind of flying through her territory. He just feels a sudden urge that he he wants to be with her. And uh, he's like, but you know, I don't want to be her mate. But yes, I do. But no. And then as he's distracted, um, with some movies, catches his attention and then a bunch of trucks and jeeps down the road uh, full of the park ranger controllers start barreling on up towards the lake so he flies down back gaining his uh, senses and uh, warns the group but um as humans they have difficult time trying to swiftly crawl back to the cave because it's like covered with a bunch of thorny bushes that was easier to like navigate as wolves but Humans, not so much. Kind of a poo bear effect. So a helicopter skims above the trees straight towards them, and it's, like, piloted by a human controller a hork and a hork bajir. Tobias clocks that his friends will be seen, uh, so he takes swift action and dives towards the helicopter and straight to the windshield. So the pilot spots him and <laughs> banks to the side, uh, and then by doing so, doesn't head on to see directly uh, that the humans were escaping into the cave and Tobias saw that everybody got in there safely without being seen. Tobias sees that the 
controllers are fanning out as usual around the lake as their spaceship uh, approaches, but they're acting extra cautious this time. It seems that Tobias, by helping the man out the other day by the lake, escape from the hork and the Yerks uh, had Visor 3, you know, repercussions, like he's got super mad at his subordinates for letting that guy escape, and so everybody's like, you know, hey, boss is on duty, you know, look extra sharp kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to get fucked up. <laughs> Don't kill me. He's not a good boss. <laughs> not no. <laughs> not not one no. of the <laughs> Uh, Fortune 500 companies, to be sure. Uh, (laughs) As the water truck uh, spaceship kind of approaches, uh, Tobias senses uh, a second cloaked ship in the air, like a disturbance in the the force. By the way, also, side note, this book uh, really needs to just be renamed (laughs) instead of the encounter, the thermals, because any freaking Tobias book is now (laughs) just all about the thermals. Yes. (laughs) Did I say it was called The Predator? Because that's a different book. Uh, yeah, oh, no. is it? I thought that was later on, right? Yeah, because I was thinking um, that it was called The Predator because of because uh, of Tobias, but I guess that would be kind of gauche. <laughs> I mean, all of them really should. Any Tobias book, I think, from now henceforward should be called The Thermals. <laughs> Just The Predator. Yeah. Oh, the Thermals, yes. The Thermals, number three. The Thermals, you know, number whatever. That's going to be my Animorphs tattoo, just in the Animorphs font, but it says Thermals. <laughs> actually i think that would look really cool (laughs) the uh new ship uncloaks itself it's the blade ship of visor three uh visor three god damn it what if they survive what is it morgan (laughs) i won't yell at you the internet will (laughs) (laughs) lifeline help which one was it again (laughs) visor visor like rhymes with scissor yeah it's the whole sour uh, smog, smog, Sauron thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a Dracon beam fires, and Tobias sees a deer sizzle into non-existence. So the Yurks are like firing at anything that moves. And I think I did it again. Visor three exits his ship <laughs> in the distance, and is followed by his uh, controller cohorts. Uh, after like a patrolling hork bajir passes, Tobias flies back to the cave um, and warns uh, the others that um, Visitor 3 uh, is here. So they're all stuck inside the cave, nowhere to get down to the water without being seen so that they can't necessarily go scoot down to the water as humans and morph into fish because they will get clocked by everybody down there. So Cassie says they can still go with the plan. They don't have to, you know, wave the white flag and go home. Uh, what they can do is fish can survive out <laughs> of water for a couple of minutes. So, you know, they'll just morph into fish in the cave. Great idea. And uh, Tobias just flies them down and tosses them into the lake. That That's, you know, totally fine. <laughs> it does seem fun, though, but. It sounds terrifying as a fish. <laughs> yeah, it's like that gif. I can show you the word. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm going to make that our banner on Twitter. Uh, 100%. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot of back and forth around how stupid this idea was, but Kathy, Cassie morphs first, um, since she's the best at it. She starts uh, labored breathing as soon as she sprouts her gills. So Tobias quickly scoops her up and his talons and takes her down to the water. Then Jake Fish and Marco Fish get flown down one by one. And as Tobias goes back for Rachel in the cave, um, she was mid-morph when the uh, hork and human controller, um, the guy, uh, the hork that passed by earlier in an, uh, another 
scout, a human controller scout, comes. They find the cave entrance and they start trying to fight through the thorny hedges, like going like, hey, we didn't check this, escaped our notice. We also saw a hawk flying in and out of here that looks fishy. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) I did not intend that. Man, you with the puns today. They're just coming natural. Oh, my God. Just even I'm loving my um, bad dad uh, vibe jokes coming through here. I'm just vectoring. Um, They had spotted Tobias. So Tobias uh, picks up fish, Rachel, and uh, rushes out flying straight into the Hork-Bajir's face and skirts on by. The Hork-Bajir fires... It's like it worked with a helicopter. Why not a dude? I know. Like, I'm just... This is my... He literally says that in the narration. I think throughout this whole stretch at the end, that's his one attack. Like, you know, if Pokemon have four different attacks, his is just, like, straight on die. Tackle. <laughs> tackle, yeah. It's not even... Well, maybe he has Leer, but tackle, really. He's just tackling. So the hork goes, ah, and, like, fires his uh, Dracon beam at um, Tobias, but misses. And so the beam instead shoots, like, across the lake and hits the um, water truck spaceship. It makes us a, a little hole, but didn't really look like it did major damage. But it's still, like, you know, you ding dad's car. The human controller's like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Big ding dad's car vibes. Oh, my God. Um, you park next, you open your door into dad's Oh my god, and you just like pray throughout dinner that he didn't notice. (laughs) Yeah, I've uh, I've been on the other, I've been on that situation many times. The human controller, yeah, like you're gonna get in trouble with uh, Visor 3. And so uh, Tobias uses the distraction to take Rachel Fish down uh, to the lake uh, with the others, and the four of them uh, swim off towards the water truck spaceship. Uh, and their intake pipes. Jake goes and gets sucked up into the ship first, and he's, like, now in this large water tank, and uh, he thinks, uh, he's, like, talking mind speak um, to Tobias as they're kind of going through this whole thing. He thinks they can morph out when the tank fills up with water because there it looks to be an opening in the ceiling. And then so the other three say, that sounds good enough for me, and swim on up and join him. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> sounds great. Thumbs up. No, fins up. As they waited for the tank to fill up, Tobias spots commotion on the ground. So the hork scout that saw him and accidentally misfired and shot the ship was brought forth to Visor 3 and with no amount of pleading could uh, help this guy. And uh, he was decimated. Yeah, Tobias specifically says, I'm not going to say what they did to him. And they do that a few times throughout these ser- this series where they're like, I'm not even going to say what happened. Or, like, I think even to, uh, Rachel in the last book was like, well, Visor 3 morphed a monster in. You know what? I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, really already already showing the um, PTSD shit that's happening mm-hmm. to these children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias um, couldn't hear anything when he's looking on at this scene with Visor 3, but uh, he could see Visor 3's rage, and uh, he motioned uh, for his other fellow controllers to fan out and take to the air because Tobias puts two and two together. The Hork-Bajir scout that 
found him and Rachel uh, reported to like a strange hawk uh, was flying around uh, to visit three. And then three knows that that could only mean that uh, he was an Andalite, uh, a morpher, um, if being an animal, but uh, behaving in a strange way. So the jig is up. The bug fighters fly over the treetops, shooting at every single bird or creature that moves, but really every single bird, uh, since they're on the lookout for take it down the hawk. A bug fighter spots Tobias and he fires at him, barely misses. Tobias uh, darts and takes cover uh, on the one place that he was sure that they wouldn't fire, which is the water truck spaceship. Clasps onto the sides of the spaceship with his talons as all the bug fighters kind of fly and focus on him on the side of the ship. Barnacle on the butt. <laughs> Tobias, he's like in a stalemate. If he tries to fly away from the ship, uh, they will fry him with a Dracon uh, beam uh, in a flat second. And then the blade ship of Visor 3 joins the party, and uh, Visor 3 projects thought speech down to Tobias, calling him an Andalite and demanding that he surrender. There's nowhere where he can go. So his friends are still inside the ship. And uh, now that he's close enough, they can uh, thought, uh, think speech, thought speech, uh, and uh, talk to each other again. Rachel shouts at Tobias that they are stuck, um, and it ended up that they can't get out of the grate on the ceiling of the water tank where they morphed back as humans. She doesn't want them all to be found up in space uh, at the Yerk mothership um, if they are stuck in there and the ship flies off. So she asks Tobias, who is at this point still a bird, if he can do anything, <laughs> like blow up the ship. <laughs> To, to, like, make sure they don't get captured, essentially. <laughs> it's like, hey, can you, hey, I know you're just a bird, but can you, like, kill us? Yeah, exactly. Can ship. you just, like, destroy this out. ginormous ship, which is big on human standards, but let alone you're a three-pound bird? Can you please just blow it up for us? And he's like, okay. And he does. <laughs> oh, and we're I mean, getting this there. Is... <laughs> I mean, this is where there's like, there's like four pages left. I'm like, how the hell is this going to happen? Yeah, it's like a chapter and a half or something. I know. Uh, Also, uh, Tobias and Rachel have a moment. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Tobias is like, I love you. Rachel, I've never told you. And then she does the Han Solo thing. And Rachel says, you don't have to, Tobias. She said, I knew. Goodbye. Does she say goodbye? Yeah. Yeah, she says goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Hang up. Hang up the phone. Jeez. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's sweet because it's there's their relationship is a lot more explicit from book one than Cassie and Jake's. Yeah, they're just Cassie like and Jake's just like having like where they're like ah. She's like puts her head on. I think there's one point where she like put her head on his shoulders or something like that, or it's just like close and familiar. Yeah. And then yeah, Jake and Cassie just have like a hug or a touched hands here and there, which is very big deal, obviously when you're a teenager. I get it but um also if that happens i'm sorry you're also a teenager your friends are going to talk and tease you a hell of a lot about it they're not just going to let that pass (laughs) yeah (laughs) tobias and rachel uh i don't know i was also just imagining rachel tobias forever (laughs) i never told you you know i i I didn't close your window the last time i left or a much more tragic love story than romeo and juliet Yeah. Anyway. Shakespeare writing about, I don't know, there was like the guy that turned into the donkey in Midsummer's Night Dream. <laughs> Bottom. Bottom. <laughs> that guy turned into a bird. Um, 
It's not a deal breaker. Anyway. <laughs> it could be Shakespearean. In in the story. I'm not saying anything about myself. I'm saying in the story. Don't at me. <laughs> okay, so taxons. They start crawling outside of the ship and towards Tobias. And so he's cornered. And the, sh- and the bug fighters are just like staring at him, waiting for him to move. Yeah, because they're not going to yeah. fire on dad's car. <laughs> Tobias does the only thing he can do, which is tackle um he flies straight towards a taxon with <laughs> <laughs> tobias use tackle it's tobias use tackle is very effective and uh, he, he flies straight towards the taxon <laughs> with and with the taxon like is holding it's like little centipede like claws uh, a dracon beam so he grabs the gun away from him which was easy because his talons are stronger than the taxon's claws tobias is holding the gun and hugs uh the ship as he flies like around the face the ship's bridge and so this hawk then fires this dragon beam with his taloned feet at the bridge and fires through the window and destroys the taxons inside and uh, the control panels. <laughs> I don't know if they have the dexterity to fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, how can... I'm wondering how a gun, a specific type of gun, can be used for hork claws, like Lobster claws yeah. and human hands. <laughs> well, That's it obviously always... works for talons. Or is it yeah, oh, and talons? Yeah, and talons. So is it kind of like the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, which it changes size depending on who's holding yeah. it? I always, I don't know if I said this yet, but I always imagined it as like a lightsaber, like a lightsaber without the beams. So like just a cylinder, more like, as opposed to a gun. And I don't know if that was is is that how it is in the TV show? Can be anamorph. <laughs> Gonna look up some shit because I always felt like it was, it was more of like that. But maybe it's because I didn't really watch Star Trek as a kid. I watched Star Wars. But anyway, yeah, it it looks like it's a gut. It's just gun shaped. So anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> so he fires. He fires it somehow. He fires it somehow, <laughs> and the ship uh, loses control. And it crashes uh, down into the earth. Um, and it also crashes into some bug fighter ships surrounding it. So a tear um, rips open in the side of the ship. And uh, all the water inside is starting to gush out over the forest. So the four Animorph kids fall as humans out of the ship with the water and straight for the ground. Tobias races towards them. Um, and so they start to morph midair. Um, and they morph into their bird morphs and save themselves. So they made it. But Mr. Three also made it in his blade ship, and so he's back on their tails. As the water truck spaceship crashes into the earth, it trembles and just makes like a kind of sonic boom uh, around uh, everything as it hits with the impact. And it crashes with the, that, that pressure, it crashes the bird morphs into the trees. But the crash also disturbs every other animal in the forest area. And the female hawk takes flight and then it was killed. She was killed by a Yerks uh, uh, dragon. Because, yeah, they're, they see, oh, it's a bird that looks like the bird that's been bothering us. Yeah, it's, and so it's, it's a red-tailed hawk. Yeah. Oh, also a note for this section, because the Animorphs are falling, and it does have in the original print that mistake again that Rachel and Marco had both morphed bald eagles. Oh. But actually, Marco's morph is a an osprey. 
Yeah, there's two. It's Kim and Cassie that are ospreys. So the original says Marco and Rachel had both previously morphed bald eagles. And then later it says um, that uh, Marco barely made it. He fell down into the forest out of sight. I was sure he had been too late. But then from the trees floated a bird with a six foot wingspan and a proud white head. So in the original, this is Marco. But in the reprint, it's Rachel who almost doesn't make it. So I thought that was interesting as a difference. But yeah, that is interesting. Because especially in the book that's about Tobias, that like having it be Rachel makes way more sense as far as like the drama where he's like screaming at them. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, it totally does. Yeah, because mine obviously is a reprint, and it's Rachel that you know, bada boom yeah. comes out as a bald eagle. Yeah. So last couple pages, uh, they flash forward. It's the next day. They were not able to expose the shape, uh, the the water truck spaceship to all humankind. I took pause at that, but apparently the ship burned, and then all the evidence was swept up by the Yerks, which is pretty freaking like good men in yeah, good men in black control team right there. <laughs> I mean, they got that right. under control. Tobias uh, goes to visit Rachel, um, and she offers that they can go back and find and bury the female hawk, uh, because she knows how much she meant to him. Tobias says, uh, no, the hawk would have been eaten by another animal by now, and that's just the way it is. Um, But he explains to Rachel that with his identity crisis around this, he is just realizing he is part human, and he's just part hawk. He is a predator that kills for food, and he is a human who has emotions and grieves over death. He is both. And it's just acceptance that he's explaining to her. And this book ends with wistful thoughts about thermals, so I just have it in there. Uh, yeah, and he's and he ends it with like, I'm human, I'm a hawk, I'm a weird mix of both. So I thought that was good, because like the whole book, he's been like, Oh my god, I'm a human, I'm a human, I'm a human. And now he's like, instead of instead of mourning the fact that he is losing his humanity, he's embracing the fact that he's a weird mix of both. So that's book three, y'all. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about Marco. Okay. So I wrote down like throughout Marco will make a joke will make jokes about Tobias and he did so in the second book too. And everybody's like that's not funny. And it it's really interesting because Tobias is like I don't care. Like at one point uh when they find the cave, um one of them goes inside and was like there's nobody in here just spiders and a scared mouse. And Tobias is like chase him out, I'm hungry. And then Marco laughs, but no one else does. And I feel like that's a weird way of Marco. And I'm not trying to like justify him because he is a dick in this in this book. Uh, but he's like embracing the duality of Tobias, like before the other ones are, by being like, "I'm not going to exclude you from my teasing because I tease everyone. And if I didn't tease you, that would be like excluding you." Yeah, does that make no, sense? it does. Uh, there are definitely people that behave like that. Yeah, and it's it's not like in the for the most part, it's not mean spirited. Like when the owl, like Cassie's like, gotta release this owl, and then Marco's like, a friend of yours. Like that's not that's not mean necessarily. That's like, oh yeah, you're a bird and you know other birds. Like it's all birds know. know other birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's just how I read 
the way that the book is framing it, whether or not that's good and or successful is another question, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it makes up for the fact that he's just not respectful towards any Um but Yeah, and, this, and that creeping on Rachel's especially. They're, they're just... Not great. They're just... There needs to be redemption, and Marco, you got no chance. The guy's he's a got, hawk, and he's got so a next better book chance. Is Cassie, and then Marco. So we'll see if when we get Marco's narration, you guys will like him. Huh. No, they're just gonna try to make us feel really bad for him. And I'm like, there's context, which is great, but like, you could only be a dick for so many reasons for so long. Like, so this is a way a tangent. You know how in Hey Arnold, Helga's mom is like always like i need a smoothie and it's like clearly an allegory for her <laughs> being an alcoholic yeah uh i feel like they do that a little bit with marco's dad but also marco's dad has an arc and he's the only parent throughout the series to get any character development, any development. what are you saying about the chat yeah <laughs> pa- car- uh, the only <laughs> a parent of the actual animorphs uh Ch- chapman gets odd character development slash surprise backstory but (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh but like it's it's interesting to see how uh his dad gets character because he's in a he's the only one right now who's in a bad place you know i mean and so in the uh in these books so far from what we understand marco's mom drowned quote-unquote but they never found her so they don't there's there there was no body she just disappeared uh, she's the first yeah. yerk. She's the first human yerk. I call it. <laughs> <Asian> zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to keep my non-disclosure. I was right. Left. I was so right. <laughs> We're gonna write that down in the prediction section. <laughs> did you actually start oh, writing that? Prediction section. Uh, did you actually start writing it though? Yeah, I put it in the bottom of our doc here. Uh, we have predictions. Oh, I still predicted that Marco was going to turn at some point. Oh, okay. So... It's going to be because of his mother. <laughs> He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of her. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, okay, I'm stay- I, I want to stay strong with that, that prediction. <laughs> Uh, my other thing I wrote down was it was kind of interesting how the duality of Tobias and the Hawk minds kind of is similar to the Chapmans and the Yerks from the last book. Just like how it seems like, you know, the Hawk mind is Tobias always has to suppress it. And also the Yerks always have to suppress their host's mind. I mean, this goes back to my question of that Andalites and Yerks are related to begin with because they're dealing with mind control over different species one way or another one into morphing the other one into physically being inside that species and controlling it i'm writing this in the predictions as well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean but in all honesty though his fighting with the hawk brain is also like you know rachel fighting with the shrew brain rachel doesn't obviously have a problem with the elephant brain uh but uh uh, jake as the lizard and stuff so it's just on what yeah type of you're dealing with and how much confidence they have and not having um a high sense of being prey themselves yeah for sure it seems like the predators are chill 
or I don't, I guess elephants aren't predators, but like, you know, the ones that are more at the top of the food chain mm-hmm. are chill and the prey animals are like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Just panic yeah, all the time. All the time panic. Uh, gotta survive. I will survive. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts, you guys, on book three, The Encounter? I'm excited for book four. Yes. You guys are going to really like book four. It's just going to go up from here, baby. Cool, because uh, I liked book three more than the first two, as we discussed at the beginning of the podcast. Um, and then, yeah, I'm looking forward to some Cassie time. She's cool. Yes. So um, trigger warnings for the next book. Uh, it's called The Message. It's a dolphin book. Uh, and there's a bit of gore. No animals die, but one of the Animorphs, Wallenmorph, almost gets cut in half. Okay. So, but like, or like gets cut almost in half. Like, it's close. Okay. They're close to being two pieces of them that are equally in si- equal in size. Like, yeah, it's it's rough. So there's that. But it's a fairly brief moment, as all of our gore moments are, I guess. But <laughs> when you say and when you say gore, like how like Game of Thrones level gore? Or <laughs> let's put a barometer. <laughs> I feel like I almost feel like I've seen something like this before in like some sort of ocean movie that involved sharks or something like that. But I might just be have just a really vivid memory of this right now, like just a very vivid memory of that imagery. So was there a whale? Yeah, involved? but it's uh kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, then that's, that's why you remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't like whales. <laughs> Fuck the orca whales. <laughs> no orcas. No orcas in this one. <laughs> We're going to have some challenging road, ahead, some challenging <laughs> roads ahead of us, Jason. <laughs> oh, dear. I want to say I like the whales, okay? <laughs> Lovely, That's beautiful, good. important to the planet. Just get them away from me. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Yes, I understand that whales are good. I just don't want to be anywhere near them. Yeah, I'm, I'm against <laughs> SeaWorld, too. I don't want them on land near me. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they belong in the ocean, far, exactly. far away from me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Okay, any other trigger warnings? Gore? Um, anything else? That's pretty much it. Just, like, battle. No animals get wise. harmed in the making of this book versus N- Jesus. No Tobias real animals are killed. Of, <laughs> a lot of things go Oof. south in his. It's practically chill. It's practically chill, depend like mental health wise, <laughs> compared to this book that we just finished. So, because Cassie is awesome. Yes. Um. Okay. You can find me at Morgan underscore Slay on Twitter. Uh. You can also listen to my other podcast. Are you serious? Which is with my friend Esme, and we uh talk about weird Reddit things. Um. It's are the letter you the word serious pod on Twitter. Uh, Jason, where can people find you? People can find me on uh, people can find me on Twitter uh, at well at bottomus underscore prime. Um, you'll find me, um, but that's about it. <laughs> well, yep. What about you, Kate? And you can uh, you know just send a good old fashioned telegram, and uh, if you have a good enough delivery boy, he'll find me and get the message uh, through. <laughs> but uh, if that's too much work for you, you can also uh, reach us at middlemorph um, at gmail dot com. That is our email. Hell yeah! And we look forward to seeing you guys next time for the message, the first Cassie book. Very exciting. Happy Pride Month! And Facebook is for losers! Woo! (laughs) That's a good ending. (laughs) 